You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to our program, The Revealing Retina, presented by the American Retina Foundation. Today we're going to keep an eye on macular degeneration. I am your host, Dr. Roy Levitt, Chairman of the American Retina Foundation, and joining me today is Dr. Julia Haller, who is President of the American Society of Retina Specialists, the largest retina organization in the world, and she is also Ophthalmologist-in-Chief of Will's Eye Institute in Philadelphia. Julia, today, as I said, we're going to be discussing macular degeneration, and we'll lead off with a little discussion on what just is macular degeneration and why is it so devastating to an individual. Thank you, Roy, and it's a pleasure to be on your show. (laughs) Macular degeneration is particularly devastating because it causes loss of central vision. It is the leading cause of decreased central vision in people over the age of 50 in the developed world. So that means that it causes inability to read, to recognize faces, to drive. It is just a scourge in the older population because it causes loss of independence and of the ability to function and for many of the things that we need to do. With macular degeneration, you continue to have your peripheral vision, but your central vision gradually deteriorates to the point where you're, you actually become legally blind. Julia, could you just briefly describe the retina and why this is a central issue rather than peripheral? Sure. The retina as many people know, is the tissue that lines the inside of the back of the eye. So if you think of your eye as a camera, the retina functions as the film in the camera. This is where the light is focused as it comes into the eye, and those images are picked up by the retina and then transmitted via the optic nerve to the brain. And the retina is shaped like a bowl, And the central part of that bowl is called the macula. And the macula is what you're using when you look right at somebody and you see their face or when you look right at a piece of paper and you see what's written there. Now, you know, when you're looking at somebody's face, you can still see his shoulders and the wall behind him and off to the side. That's peripheral vision. But the face, the expression on the face that you're looking at is the central vision. And that's the part that is governed by the macula and the health of the macula. And this particular disease, age-related macular degeneration, attacks that macular central vision. Julia, the demographics of age-related macular degeneration, if we can discuss the types of individuals that are affected, the numbers, and new cases reported each year. Well, first of all, macular degeneration affects people who are older. So it starts to become a factor in visual loss starting in people's 50s, mid-50s to late 50s, and then increases with age. It's more of a problem in developed countries, and part of the reason, of course, is that people live longer in developed countries. And it's becoming a particularly serious problem because medicine has been so successful in keeping us alive longer. So if you look at the population of the United States, the number of people Entering their late 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s is growing exponentially. There are two types of macular degeneration. One is a milder so-called dry form, and that affects about 90% of the people with macular degeneration. The more severe form, which is known as the wet form, 
called WET because when you get it, new abnormal blood vessels develop in the central retina and they leak and bleed and cause severe scarring. And that leakiness and wetness gives the wet form of macular degeneration its name. The wet form affects about 10% of people and that translates into about 250,000 new cases per year. So it's a huge number of people who are developing the most serious form of macular degeneration. Many more times that number have the dry form of macular degeneration, and all of these numbers are just increasing as the population is aging. Do you think the increase is due to the age issue, or is there actually an increase in incidence? That's not completely clear. There may be an increase in incidence as well. There are a number of different factors that impact on macular degeneration, and we're only beginning to understand some of them. The genetic component is better understood just in the last two years. And as we do more and more research, I think we'll get a handle on that even better. Certain other things also impact. There are certain racial characteristics. More lightly pigmented people are involved more than more darkly pigmented people. Smoking is a definite risk factor. Cardiovascular risk factors also impact. And there are probably dietary factors that impact as well. The cardiovascular risk factors, could you touch on that a bit? Well, the same factors that impact on your cardiovascular health seem to impact on macular degeneration, particularly things like smoking, uh, hypertension, being overweight. All of these are negative for macular degeneration. You touched on the dry and the wet type. Can we discuss some of the signs and progression in each? So the dry form which affects about 90% of people with macular degeneration, involves gradual deterioration of the cells in the central part of the retina. So they just drop out. They become atrophic and die. And what the patient will notice is that they are having more trouble focusing. And they may, for example, notice that it takes more light to be able to read small print at first. They may notice that they're having more difficulty with the phone book. They may be having a little more difficulty making out signs in the distance when they're driving. And their first inclination is to get new glasses and get stronger glasses, and that does help. And they also may find that they're increasing the wattage in their desk lamps. And we know that the two things that can really help when this condition is developing are very bright lighting and magnification. That can help you work around the problem. But those would be the earliest symptoms, Roy. And in wet degeneration? Well, the wet macular degeneration is more dramatic. So in the wet macular degeneration, you actually start to have leakage from abnormal new blood vessels with pockets of fluid and blood developing in your central retina. And what that looks like is distortion in vision. One patient I remember who noticed that when he was playing golf, the pin had a bend in it. Other people know that trees will suddenly start looking curved or that lines will be curved. Other things that can indicate that there's a problem include spots where you don't see. So there can be new black spots or areas where your central vision is blacked out, as well as distortion and blurring. Just a quick break. For those of you who are just tuning in, you're listening to The Revealing Retina on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I am Dr. Roy Levitt, and I am speaking with Dr. Julia Haller, and we're discussing age-related macular degeneration. We just touched on wet macular degeneration, 
And I think that this discussion should touch on what a non-ophthalmologist physician should be aware of in their patients if some of the patient's symptoms are relayed to them. What would you suggest that they listen for and once they identify a problem or suspect a problem, what should they do in terms of referring the patient? Well, that's an excellent question, Roy. I think the first thing that's important is to have a heightened level of awareness about macular degeneration and just be aware that it's out there, that it's very prevalent, and that the aging population, particularly in the United States, is very prone to this disease. So when patients are with you and you're going through the review of systems and they start to say that they think they might need new glasses or that they might have cataracts, it's important to hone in on exactly what they are noticing that's wrong and to think about sending them to see an ophthalmologist or even a retina specialist. One of the things that I've seen many, many times over the years is that people think they're just getting older and it's normal for their eyes to get worse, or they think that it's probably cataracts because they know that everybody as they get older gets cataracts, and they think, well, I'll just put that off for a little bit because it's probably just a cataract, and I know I can have the cataract surgery done very successfully at any time. And they miss treating something like macular degeneration at an early stage when the prognosis for good vision would be much better. So the important thing for the non-ophthalmologist physician to do is to be attuned to what the patient is saying. And if there are any visual symptoms, to make sure that they see an ophthalmologist to figure out what's going on. If there are specific problems that seem to localize to a macular issue, in other words, the patient notices that their central vision is blurred or distorted, I think it would be appropriate to consider referring them directly to a retina specialist as well. But you can never lose by sending them first to a general ophthalmologist, a comprehensive ophthalmologist, and then they can triage the patient to the more specialized area that's appropriate. If a patient has a family member, father, mother, aunt, that has had macular degeneration, what advice should be offered to them? That's a very good question because this is a disease that does run in families and there's a strong genetic component to it. So if the patient has a family history of macular degeneration, then it's very important that they get a screening examination by an ophthalmologist as they get into their 50s. They should be getting one anyway to look for other common diseases like glaucoma, for example. But it's very important that they be looked at because they may have some of the early signs of macular degeneration, and those can be documented photographically and by examination and followed. That's also a good time at which they can be warned about stopping smoking, for example, if they are smoking, and can also be trained in looking with one eye at a time at grids or other types of testing that can help them pick up early signs that are warning signs that may signal that they have a treatable condition that they should see somebody on a relatively urgent basis about. Any dietary suggestions? Well, the most recent information suggests that there are dietary benefits to certain types of supplements. The age-related eye disease study showed that high-dose A, E, C, and zinc supplements significantly impacted on visual results five and 10 years after uh, instituting the uh, supplements. So in patients who have severe enough dry macular degeneration to warrant it, supplements can be useful. 
There is also some evidence now that omega-3 fatty acids may be important fish oil, these types of supplements, and also lutein and zeaxanthine. And these types of dietary interventions are being investigated in the age-related eye disease 2 study that's going forward. In summary, I would say it's important to have a baseline examination and figure out whether there's any sign of significant dry macular degeneration. If there is, then patients should be on uh, dietary supplements. I'd like to thank Dr. Julia Haller for speaking with us about age-related macular degeneration. I'm your host, Dr. Roy Levitt, and I'd like to thank you for listening to The Revealing Retina, presented by the American Retina Foundation. For more information, visit us online at AmericanRetina.org. For questions and comments about this or any other show, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com or visit us at reachmd.com. Our new on-demand and podcast features will allow you access to our entire program library. Again, thanks for listening.